Welcome to Transforming Experiences in Customer Success, formerly Strike Deck Radio. This is a podcast focused on customer success and the leaders who are implementing best practices in our field. This podcast is brought to you by Medallia and the Success League. Medallia's customer success automation platform helps CSMs effectively manage their customer relationships. The Success League is a consulting and training firm focused on developing customer success programs that drive revenue. My name is Kristen Hayer, and I'm the host of Transforming Experiences and Customer Success and the founder and CEO of the Success League. And I'm so excited today to be joined by Jenny Lee, who is the Senior Manager of Digital Experience for Definitive Healthcare. Jenny has been working for the past year to build a team of CX professionals and develop the first iteration of their digital customer experience. And she's on the podcast today to talk about her approach. So Jenny, thanks so much for being a part of today's show. Hi, Kristen. And yes, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here today. Um, So first, can you share with our audience an overview of your career and how you landed yourself here in customer success? Absolutely. Um, So, you know, in the broader scope of customer success or customer relations industry, I've been customer facing all of my life. So my parents were small business owners in the food and retail industry. So I grew up helping and working in the family businesses. And in fact, to this day, I actually do still help out at times. So I guess, you know, some things never change on that end. But as far as becoming a CS professional, about six and a half years ago, I took a job with Definitive Healthcare, really starting in more of like a customer support type role. So, you know, we quote unquote owned accounts, but we all had massive books. So all we really had time for was that, you know, reactive transactional customer interaction. Yeah. Eventually, we rebranded to customer success and everything that came with that transition. So smaller book sizes due to a growing team, a new focus on being proactive and showing value to our customers. And, you know, through that, I continued to grow in that role as a senior CSM and team lead until I came to the realization that based on my skill set, I really wanted to move into more of an operations type role. So at the time, I was already involved in operations and enablement projects, like standing up a whole new internal CSM onboarding program and other ways to improve CSM workflows. And I found that I really liked that more operational problem-solving work. So from there, I shifted gears and established a new customer operations team. We focused on implementing tools, streamlining process, and standing up some CS programs. And at some point last year, one of the programs we were looking to start was a digital CSM program, which led to my next pivot in helping to stand up a whole (laughs) new digital experience function at Definitive Healthcare. It's exciting, and I can't wait to talk to you about that in a minute. Um, Before we go on and and talk about that topic, can you tell me a little bit more about Definitive Healthcare? What what does the organization do, and and how is customer success currently set up there? Sure. So at Definitive Healthcare, we help our clients grow their business really by providing them key healthcare commercial intelligence so they can uncover new markets and new opportunities. So imagine, you know, you're standing in a hospital room and you're looking around at everything in it. 
you see all of the medical supplies like tongue depressors and gauze and needles and yeah. the box on the wall where you dispose of those hazardous uh, medical materials. <laughs> There's also the computer in the room, the software installed on that computer, the soap dispensers. And obviously I can you know continue going yeah. on, but we work with vendors who want to sell their product or service to hospitals and other healthcare providers. And we provide them insights to inform their go-to market strategy. And yeah, we were founded about 10 years ago and actually we recently went public. So it's been a very, very exciting time for all of us here at Definitive. It is. And congratulations on going public. That's a really big <laughs> deal. And that was really recent. I think it was, you know, as of this recording, what, a, like two or three weeks ago? Maybe a month? Yeah, come, about a month or so, a month yeah. and change. So yeah, yeah it's been great. <laughs> it's really cool. Um, tell me a little bit about how you have CS set up there today. Sure. So with our CS structure, uh, we have a few teams supporting our existing customer base, and this really falls under a broader customer experience or CX org. Yeah. So we currently have a group of CSMs and they partner one-to-one with an account executive to support their book of business. Okay. We also have an onboarding specialist function and they work to onboard some of our customers to make sure they're set up, trained and ready to go in our system. Okay. Of course, you know, we also have our customer support team. So our first line of defense for one-off customer inquiries, also our training team. So they run client webinars, they partner with our CSMs to provide tailored trainings and our data integration team. So they will work with our customers to integrate our data into their systems like a CRM or a data warehouse or a data lake. And that's really the uh, major makeup of the CX org. And then we have you know, our new, again, our new function um, as a digital experience team working alongside CX. Yeah, very cool. Um, So today we're going to talk about digital customer experiences. Um, And I wanted to ask, why did, did you and why did Definitive Healthcare decide to go in the direction of building out a digital CS program? What were the drivers behind that? And why do you think that that's important to your organization? Yeah, that's um, a fantastic question and probably the golden <laughs> question, right? So, yeah. well, like with many growing companies, we had gotten to a point where we really needed to think about our customer engagement model and how we can scale that. You know, how can we do more with less, basically? And we had already built those sub teams into the CX org, like support and training. And as wonderful as it would be to keep hiring CSMs and to keep making new yeah. work friends, it's it's really just not scalable. Right. So based on our structure and how we allotted certain resources for our enterprise and higher touch customers, we had a gap to fill with the long tail of our customer base or our SMB market. So from there, we recognized an opportunity for us to ultimately create a digital CSM program, which would be directly focused on reducing churn rates for that specific segment only. Yeah. So you have some segments that are getting more of a high touch model. It sounds like. We do. Yeah. Yep. Okay, cool. So this is for one of your segments that's really kind of um, more appropriate for a digital model. Absolutely. Correct? Yeah. Correct. Okay, cool. So as we were talking ahead of this podcast, you mentioned that your digital initiative is is really a partnership and it's between customer success, product and marketing. So how did you go about building that partnership and what have been the pros and cons of working cross-functionally? Yeah, absolutely. And I think this goes back to first defining, you know, what our digital experience team is set out to do. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, from the evolution of originally creating a digital CSM or DCSM program, we evolved to establishing a formal digital experience function. And really what that means for us is figuring out how we can best orchestrate the user journey and their experience with us through communications, through their in-product experience, through, you know, how all the different ways we can show value mm -hmm. um, to have our product for them. And um, really, once we recognized our main purpose, our main objectives, and really the way we were positioned within the org, we realized that we were going to be this highly cross-functional team. And, yeah. and in part, you know, that is why we um, made that switch from a DCSM to the DX team. So yeah, these yeah. main partnerships with CS, product and marketing play a huge part in how our TX team operates. And, you know, in orchestrating this, that you really can't, you really can't orchestrate a full user journey in a silo on your own. Right. So we've really gotten to a point now where we are working with our product teams, like our product managers and our UX person to understand what product updates are coming down the pipe that we need to be prepared for. So DX can really create content that will help the user more quickly adopt the new feature or adjust to the upcoming change. And on the other end of that partnership, you know, as DX is creating user experiences and trying to show the user how to do something, we're able to give feedback right back to the product team on how to improve. And oh, I um, I think about this, this meme that I saw on LinkedIn somewhere that actually made me laugh because it was so true, but it was something along the lines of, you know, your product or UX is like a joke. If you have to explain <laughs> it, it isn't that good. So if I DX, love that. <laughs> yeah, right? It's so good. So if DX is trying to show a user how to do something in the product through automated and scaled messaging, and it takes 10 in-app walkthrough messages to do so, we probably need to change how our users can accomplish yeah. the same goal in an easier way in the product. So that's why it's really important to build that relationship with product as well. And you know, um, with marketing, it's been a really great working relationship. We we actually have three um, sub-marketing teams, and they all have a different function between product marketing, corporate marketing, and demand gen, but we've really found a way to work with them to promote product launches within our user base, or we're working with corporate marketing to align our content and our visualizations so that we're we're in lockstep with what our corporate brand should be, and demand yeah. gen, right? It's the handoff of um, how are how is DX supporting our new users and really growing their knowledge and their learning of our database? So then demand gen can really pick up from there and offer new products and offer, you know, um, new solutions for them. Yeah. Did you did you run into any challenges as you were trying to loop these other teams in to work with you? Because I know sometimes <laughs> cross-functional work can be challenging. I have like a whole class that I teach on that. And um, you know, and, and not everybody gets on board right away or were you one of the lucky ones and, and they saw the vision? Yeah. I mean, to your exact point, partnerships are hard and, you know, much like building any strong relationship or partnership, either professionally or personally, it's, it's a ton yeah. of work and the work is never, ever over. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're a growing company, it's super challenging or it can be challenging to keep up or to bring other groups along with you and i think one thing that's helped us anyways is we're all pretty new so our oh, okay. marketing team um, we've had a marketing function before but we've 
brought in new leadership and they really helped build more structure. So we have these more formal teams and brought in some really experienced folks to lead those teams. And as you know, our, our digital experience or our DX function is brand new as well. Yeah. So, you know, being able to go through this together and sort of carve out our space and help everyone understand here are our, here's our purpose, here are our objectives, here's what we're aiming to do. Help me understand yours and where this handoff, where this synergy can happen or, or things that we need to be aware of so that we're not stepping on each other. And, yeah. you know, it's, I'm not going to say that we have it figured out by any means, <laughs> but um, bringing people along and making sure that you're aligned um, is yeah. really the ultimate ultimate thing. And it's that keyword alignment. And there are so many great things that happen when you're aligned, right? Like how many times yeah. have you heard the phrase, the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing? <laughs> well, alignment fixes that, right? And right. especially when it comes to user engagement, uh, which is ultimately what we're talking about here today, um, we want to make sure that we're maintaining a high level of social credibility with our users because, you know, you only have so much social credibility when you sign on a client, whether it's, you know, random acts of marketing or it's um, an accidental email or yeah. it's just too many emails in general, right? Like every time you have that um, sort of negative user experience, you lose a little bit of that social credibility with your users. And right. there's going to, it's going to happen one day. They're going to have enough. They're going to hit unsubscribe. And it's, you know, it's game over. There's not much more you can do from that point. So really making sure that we are building a thoughtful and intentional and aligned experience for our users through these partnerships. Yeah, that's fantastic. I want to talk to you about your team. How did you go about building your team? This is the team that's actually putting all of this together. And what roles are represented on the team today? Yeah, so... Um, well, like I mentioned, this was originally going to be just a CS program within our customer ops org, <laughs> yeah. and thankfully we made that pivot away from that because I could not have imagined doing this on my own or even within our small but but mighty or small but mighty right. customer ops team. Um, so really, the makeup of our DX team is made up of five members: one, a content writer, a uh -huh. system admin, a business analyst, a senior manager, and that's me and okay. our VP of digital experience. So our content writer is really responsible for writing the content that we wanna serve up to our users. And this comes in the form of either writing new or repackaging existing content for email communications, in-app walkthrough messages, help center articles, et cetera. So she'll really partner with our product success teams, our marketing teams and our CS folks to create and refine this messaging to serve it up for our users. Um, once that messaging is complete, we then have our system administrator sort of take over. Um, this person largely owns our CS platform that we use to uh, really create these experiences for our users, whether through email or in product. So our system admin will help configure these experiences. Um, and really the, the key point here is that we're creating the segments and firing off these messages in a very intentional way. And this is how we really make sure we're meeting the user at the right time, at the right place, wherever they are in their user journey. But, you know, this person has a big job, right? So they also yeah. own our CS platform. Um, so she's also responsible for optimizing the tool and enabling our CSMs to use the system as well. So like training, troubleshooting. So obviously working in a close partnership with our customer ops team as well. 
Yeah, that makes sense though, because if you're using your CS platform for digital and for you know higher touch CSM um, journeys, I think there's a lot from your digital program that other segments can leverage. And if you're in one platform, it allows you to do that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, after that, we have our business analyst. So he runs massive amounts of data to help us understand what usage looks like across our entire user base, you right. know, how our campaigns are performing and getting users into the product. And all of this really helps to inform our DX strategy. Yeah. And, um, you know, three very different roles, but three very important roles that all have right their own handoff within each other to help make this this thing work. And, you know, my role here on the team is to help our team members execute on their responsibilities and other projects, but also partnering with our VP of DX. Um, she actually comes with a ton of experience in marketing, customer success and training. So we'll work together oh, really amazing. strategically. <laughs> I know, right? Like I did not think we would find. <laughs> what a killer resource. We did not think we would find her, exactly. So it's been really wonderful um, to have her join and really, um, you know, through that broad scope, right, in those three elements um, and through her own personal work experience, she has really focused on business partnering. So, again, tapping back into the importance of that cross-functional collaboration. Yeah, fantastic. We're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors and we'll be right back. Have you ever wondered how your customer success program stacks up? Is it best in class or like most teams, do you know you have a few problems? As you go into 2022, it can be helpful to have an independent review of your program, both to help you understand the strengths and weaknesses and to help you justify the cost of changes you need to make. The Success League offers a comprehensive assessment that is organized around our seven pillars and 35 best practices that indicate a customer success team is set up to grow and scale. If you're interested in learning more, please reach out to me at Kristen at thesuccessleague.io. Medallia Strike Deck is the leading customer success platform, helping CS teams drive revenue retention and expansion. Using Strike Deck's extensive library of data connectors, customer success teams can quickly build 360-degree dashboards reflecting key metrics. Thanks to short onboarding times, seamless data integration, and ready-to-use templates, Medallia Strike Deck's customers experience the fastest time to value in the industry. If you're interested in exploring the Medallia Strike Deck platform and learning more, please visit strikedeck.com or reach out to info at strikedeck.com. And now back to the rest of the podcast. So Jenny, how do you think about transforming a human-driven CS program into a digital customer experience? What has been your approach there? Yeah, um, you know, we put a ton of thought into this, especially when you're trying to think through, you know, what digital CSM meant to us. So there was a a big effort between myself, our VP of CX, and um, who at the time was our SVP of strategic initiatives, who is now our chief growth officer, and also two members for marketing. So, you know, we had a a lot of brain power going into this. Um, And, you know, we thought through what does this program mean to us? What should it look like? Should it be a tiger team of like actual human resources that end up round robining and sharing the ownership of this, the accounts in this customer segment? Is it something a little more simple? That's like, let's just set up some templates and automations in place for our CSMs. Um, but really what we recognized was 
this gold mine that we were sitting on of just content and resources between, right. you know, other, you know, one-off documentations that have been created over the years, our help center resources, and especially, and want to put an asterisk on this, our, you know, the minds of our CX folks, so our CSMs, our trainers, our support team. Right. And, you know, when we're thinking about scale, like, let's not throw more humans to talk to these customers, right? Like talking to customers is great, but that's not what we're trying yeah. to do here, right? We want to automate and scale. And we wanted to focus on what we had access to. So, and that's, right. that's data. So we thought that, um, you know, if we were to create or even ideally repackage a lot of the content that's already existing, and if we sent that out automatically to these users, you know, could we get users back into the system or could we get them using more of our tool and, and continuing to find value in that end? So from there, we actually developed a pilot program or an MVP, like a minimum viable product or like minimum viable campaign yeah. to see, you know, how effective we could be in just pushing out messaging to a group of inactive users. And this is really where like data and tracking and analytics play a huge part in it too, because we need the, the data to support our impact and um, continue to make the case for how we wanted to run this digital program. So we were looking closely at things like open rates, click rates, login rates, at what point was the user dropping out of our campaign, et cetera. Um, yeah. But anyway, we had segmented our customer base to identify a group of inactive users. They'd get our experiences. And what we found was that we, when we sent fairly broad stroke messaging to what was originally an extremely inactive user group, we were able to get many of those inactive users back into the product. That's and what's more cool. is that, oh yeah, it was very exciting because we were all yeah. kind of holding our breath. We're like, well, these users haven't logged in in over, you know, in some cases over a year. Like what are the yeah. chances? One, they're even there. And two, yeah. <laughs> that they care. Um, and so, you know, we got some of them in, so that's a win. And what's more is that when we got them back in, they were using just as much as our regular inactive users wow. and, and even with sustained usage over time. So that's really when we realized we had something here. You know, if we could curate a targeted and automated user journey and be thoughtful about our strategy, this was a great opportunity for scale. And again, this is kind of that pivot between this is not just a value add for our long tail of SMB customers this could benefit our entire user base and all of our right. CSMs. So this is, you know, the, this is when we pulled it out of CS ops and made it its own function. But, yeah. you know, through the MVP pilot and thinking through the overall strategy, um, our approach now is, I'd say broken out in three parts and in, in my opinion. So one is establishing that user journey and what those experiences should look and feel like, especially yeah. for new users. So as we're creating new content, it's all about, you know, the start of the user journey and what that looks like and how we can set our new users up for success so that they never become inactive. Right. And two, you know, sort of piggybacking off of the first one, we also want to increase adoption of our products um, offerings to existing users as well. And they have never received messaging like this before. So the content that we're standing up as we're defining the new user journey, we're also able to push these as one-off messages to our existing user base to either, again, get them back in or using more of the tool and finding more value. Because mm -hmm. it's possible that if a user has logged in before and has a decent amount of usage, it could mean that they have higher usage because they're doing something really inefficiently and that's why they have so many clicks logged, right? So right. maybe there's a best practice we can show them. Um, 
But lastly here, uh, sort of the third element is understanding what kind of human touch points we can either replicate or supplement through through automation. So what are the CSM motions, the training or support motions that we can optimize through other channels like email, in-app messaging, creating videos or webinar content. And you know, I know a lot of this has been around communications and, and content and emails, but mm -hmm. even things like internal workflow optimi optimization, like setting up alerts for our CSMs or creating reports and dashboards for account and user level visibility, you know, that'll even help move the needle. That's amazing. Um, I'm really excited about what you're doing. I think the thing that I, I liked the most that I heard you say was really that you started with what you had and then you tested that. And so you weren't creating a lot of content, you were leveraging existing content. And I think sometimes when people think about digital experience, they, they get all hung up on, um, you know, oh, I got to create all this stuff from scratch. It's going to be a really heavy lift. And I like that you tested first with what you already had. It makes it simpler and a mm -hmm. lot easier to get started with. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, when we kind of look back at all of the content we have, we were kind of like, whoa, like how, <laughs> I understand how it, this yeah. got to be where it is, but a lot of it, again, is just sitting there. So, you know, yeah. Are there help center articles that we know are commonly asked questions that our support or CSM teams get all the time? And yeah. let's just have them send them a link, you know, send them a link to the help center article. We don't need them to type out the same exact response. Right. So even little things like that will help. Yeah, that's great. Um, can you describe some of the digital touch points that you've put in place so far? Yeah, so um, one of the first experiences we stood up as a full DX team is what we call our new user campaign or experience. Okay. And, you know, as I mentioned, one of the main areas during the planning of this program was to really focus on building what that ideal user journey should look like, particularly from that comms perspective. Mm -hmm. And what we found when looking at the data was that an uncomfortably large number of new users had actually never logged into the product which is horrifying. And yeah. this is largely due to the fact that none of these new users got their um, got the same onboarding experience as their as their teammates did because they started at the company a year later after they bought Definitive. You know, new companies, mm -hmm. we are supporting them with our CSM and onboarding specialist resources for that really high touch experience to get the account set up. But for any new users that are getting at, on after the fact, you know, they're not really getting supported by us at the time. And they apparently weren't getting very supported by their own companies in how to yeah. optimize their usage of Definitive. So we wanted to um, really pull out the key nuggets of what a new user needs to learn in order to get started with Definitive. So we broke that down into three simple areas, um, three simple parts of the, the system. But, you know, and I'm sure when you talk to other digital uh, CS professionals, it's all about meeting the user where they are, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what do they need at this time? And yeah. one thing I do want to call out is I totally, totally agree. It's, you know, where the user is at their journey, but it's not just where are they at in their definitive healthcare journey. There are other factors that go into this whole, this whole, um, segmentation, I suppose, or, or it would really yeah. inform how you want to communicate to your users. Because for me, if I'm thinking about a new user at an existing client that just got access, yes, they're probably new to using a definitive healthcare solution. That yeah. makes sense. 
it's possible that they just started at this new company. It's possible that they are currently going through an onboarding program right now at the same time they're trying to use definitive healthcare. Yeah. It's possible they've never used a solution like us before in general. And it's possible that all of those little factors are going to add up and get in the way of that user learning your tool. So really being cognizant of where our users at just as a person even and being mindful so like for us we broke down our getting started in three steps we pulled in um, reminder emails for the user if they don't end up logging in within the first week we also pulled in congratulations outreach based on what the user has or has not done and Mm -hmm. that for us was kind of like our little hint at like gamification right like let's celebrate their wins and let's let's move them on into learning more about the product yeah. And um, yeah, as we continue to build out the user journey, we keep adding things like our product adoption campaigns, which cover main areas of the product that are relevant to probably 99.9% of our user base. Yeah. So that's really super scalable, right? So all yeah, users cool. are going through the new user campaign, the product adoption campaign. And then now we're really starting to get more specific and personalized or a first step anyway. So we're now building what we call a use case campaign by industry, then eventually role, and then a pers- its persona, et cetera. So really wanting to nurture these users and getting them started and continuing their education of our product. That's fantastic. It's really exciting to think about where you can go once you've got the initial pieces of this set up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, thinking about that, as you think toward the future, what are your plans for the program at a high level? Yeah, that's also a great question. I mean, this might, you know, this might be a pipe dream, but my plan is to have a, you know, such a refined and automated experience that it includes built out user journeys for each type of persona that we support. So that means, you know, having our systems and content in a place where it can all be triggered and sent automatically and really thoughtfully carrying a user through uh, to optimizing their learning and use of the product. And again, still serving highly relevant content um, because, you know, there are a lot of um, stats out there that, you know, a large percentage of your users will unsubscribe or not renew if they receive unpersonalized content. So we really want to make sure that we are staying relevant for them. Yeah. Okay, so big question. If somebody in our audience who's listening happens to be at the beginning of building their digital customer experience, what advice would you have for them? What do you wish you had known a year ago when you were getting started with this? (laughs) Oh, man. Well, so I think throughout the past couple of years, especially when I started doing more work in operations, I've discovered that I can be a bit of a perfectionist. And that is not the point in all of this, right? Especially as we're constantly learning about what works and what doesn't work. So I say that because a senior leader here at Definitive Healthcare actually gave me this advice and I'm here to pass it along. He told me, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. And I know he definitely didn't coin that phrase, but it was the first time I had heard it. And it's really resonated with me because by not getting in my own way of trying to achieve perfection, I'm able to help the team move more quickly and get campaigns and experiences stood up. You know, there's not one um, complete way or 100% right way to do something. And as you're building, you need to expect to iterate and keep that in mind in order to move quickly. And 
don't be afraid to fall on your face because that's how you learn. But, you know, at the same time, make sure you're doing everything you can to soften the blow. So make sure whatever you're doing meets your own standards, but don't try to hit something like a 90% open rate or something out of the right. gate. So. Right. <laughs> that is excellent advice. I too am a recovering perfectionist. So <laughs> it is, it's really a hard thing to move away from if you, if that's kind of how you've been going about your career to date, but I think your advice is spot on. This is not the kind of program where that's going to win. You have to try things. You have to be willing to have things fail and you can't strive for perfection in a program like this. You have to iterate. Absolutely. And you know, like think about your product, right? If you're standing up messaging, if you have the same exact product from a year from now in certain areas, that's that's another issue, but you're yeah. gonna need to update it anyways, right? So right. let's not split hairs on on every little detail. Um, right. But let's get something out the door so that our users can start to find value. Exactly, that's great. Okay, last question. This is something we ask all of the guests on the podcast. What do you see as the biggest trend in customer success today, and why? So I'll give two because. Okay. My first one might be a little self-serving, but of course, I think digital experience is one of the biggest trends, and you know, for all the reasons we talked about today, and whether it's a standalone team like we've built here at Definitive Healthcare or a digital CSM function that lives within marketing or operations, et cetera, um, scaling through automated means will continue to grow, especially as companies are all trying new things and really experimenting with the space. So I, for one, am really excited to see what other companies start to do, because I know we've taken a bit of a unique approach, um, as has others. So looking forward to that trend. And the second one, I think, you know, we started to see this a couple years ago, but I think it'll continue to expand. And that's the concept that customer success is not just customer success. So the idea that in order to make customers successful, it's a company-wide responsibility. And that doesn't just fall on CS teams. And this is totally, you know, top of mind for me because I'm in the thick of it, but (laughs) I see this becoming more and more of a trend as we talk about CS handoffs with other teams and those partnerships, because, you know, for years we've talked And we've been focused so much and hyped up on that sales to CS handoff and how to perfect that because it's the squeakiest wheel. You find out pretty quickly if a customer was missold or if they weren't onboarded properly. But let's not forget that there are handoffs between CS and marketing, CS and product. And we don't hear as much immediate feedback on it because it's the cases where a user receives five emails from one company in a week but doesn't say anything and just quietly unsubscribes. Or it's a user that submitted 10 product suggestions and that feedback loop hasn't been closed. So they give up on trying. It's like, you know, it's like death by a thousand quiet cuts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's really making sure that um, every team will follow this this is like WIFM concept so like what's in it for me and I right. I first learned it as a sales term but really the idea of just being clear and teeing up the value in it for our customers and if we can broadly adopt that within our entire org that'll really you know change the way that um, customers are or excuse me companies are operating um, yeah. and that's like the pinnacle of CS maturity right is having a whole yeah. company dedicated um, to CS. I love it. That is the dream. Uh, Well, Jenny, thank you so much for being part of our podcast today. I appreciate all of the advice and examples that you shared. Um, Good luck as you continue to build out your digital program. I hope you hit the nirvana that you described. Um, And we'd love to have you back on the show down the road so you can tell us how things are going. 
Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Kristen. It's been so fun digging into this topic. And yes, happy to share more updates and learnings as we continue our, our journey down this digital program. But if anyone would like to connect or chat, feel free to send me an email at jli at definitivehc.com or find me on LinkedIn. Sounds great. Thanks again. I also want to thank our sponsors, Medallia and the Success League. To learn more about Medallia's customer success solution, you can visit strikedeck.com and follow StrikeDeck on LinkedIn or at StrikeDeck on Twitter. To find out more about the Success League, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io, and follow the Success League on LinkedIn or at TSL Customers on Twitter. To get all of the latest episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts. And finally, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time.